0: is Chelsea Higgs-Wise, and I decided to start a show about being the biracial girl who was living her life, being half and half, never picking a side until one day the world informed me, girl, you're black. I'm from the... You're listening to Race Capital with Chelsea Higgs-Wise. Today, our friendly producer extraordinaire is out handling some biz. So we've got the guest master here. Hi. Hey, Miss Busy B herself.
1: Hi, I'm Melissa Vaughn. I'm with the show right after Race <laughs> Capital, <laughs> Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: So happy to sit in for Kat. Uh,
0: so happy to have you. We're all family around here as yeah, the true. WRIR station anyway. So thankful that she could step in. Not Plus, like you helped train all of this, working with Kat for so long. Like literally here at the station, we are a family. We build each other up. We probably just sat here like 20 minutes and talked and just catched up, right? Yeah, like, this... exactly.
1: You know, Kat was my Padawan when she first got here. <laughs> <laughs> and she became an amazing producer, she like, is. She really is right away. So we are all blessed uh, in this WRIR family, too, I really have to say. And it's nice to have Race Capital as a sister show. Thank
0: you, thank you. Yes, yeah, so Kat, we miss you. We I've miss you so much. missed you so much, and I could tell just your presence is is absent because of so much that's going on. But we do still have an amazing episode today. Heck yeah. Um. So first, let's kind of go through the news that you absolutely should use right now. Folks are really freaking out because our president is still super racist. The immigration raids have started and that was happening in 10 different cities. And one report I'll say if there is a silver lining in any of this is that because of the education around the fact that um, these ICE officers need warrants and that people are really starting to understand you know, what right they have, that many people have been turned away, not allowed in the home, and some of these raids just are not being successful. So continue to talk to each other, continue to stand with one another, and, you know, just realize how blessed we are that that's just not something we have to think about.
1: Yeah, seriously. Um, Didn't they start the raids early?
0: yeah I think it was supposed to start Sunday and it started Saturday up in New York but if you have anyone out there that is going through that please just continue to think about them protect them as much as possible and then talk to each other about what this means for our country as for citizens of this land right right like even if you're not I hate that word citizens because it just it puts a label that is very uh, structured and construct on us but just citizens of the earth right like we, we live here and we're taking we should be taking better care of each other and even if this does Not impact you directly, understanding that this affects all of our energy and our neighbors. And so many people are worried and terrified because what's happening right now uh, through all out our country.
1: And don't just believe the propaganda right off the bat. Dig deeper in your news, find alternative sources everywhere because there's some seriously bad propaganda out there right now against immigrant families and they're saying that they're here you know coming and pouring over our border illegally but asylum seekers are not illegal it is absolutely legal to seek asylum you know what's illegal ripping families apart
0: right it's actually illegal now that you're not supposed to be separating families anymore the supreme court decided on this but that is something that is still going on even from the ages like as young as two and younger um and i mean it's this propaganda is getting worse and worse. Sunday we saw that 45 was out there tweeting to the <laughs> congresswomen of color to go back to their country. And and what
1: does that give you shades of? Come
0: on, yo. Go
1: back to Africa, right?
0: Exactly. It's exactly.
1: awful. It's blatant, disgusting racism. And, you know, if you or I said that on Twitter, our account would be shut down.
0: Oh, immediately. I mean, I just got out of Facebook jail, by the way, because I posted when the KKK came to Hanover. And I was labeled saying hate speech and that sort of thing. But yet on a different platform, we have the leader of our country calling the same three women that gave a very emotionally charged testimony about the border
1: conditions
0: just a few days ago. And now he is wrapping them in to also be a target of not belonging, of othering. Right. He's making them
1: not Americans. All four of them are Americans. Look
0: here. I Go mean, back to
1: your country. They're in their country.
0: Right. And I'm just just taking the persona of a black woman. Like, generations... Congresswoman Priestley's family has been here. We just black, right? We can't, we're not going back anywhere. We are just black. So the whole immigration conversation does not even apply to us. But this is how ridiculous the rhetoric that's coming out of the White House is and why we have to be in community with one another mm-hmm. to talk to each other. And like you said, Melissa, really, you know, disrupt the conversations that are having around immigration. These are asylum seekers, a lot from the countries that we started yeah. and and continue to encourage that conflict that's happening in their country. Context, but uh, continue, continue to continue to talk to one another about this. I got to talk a little bit about Mayor Pete before we bring it home back to Virginia. And I have a couple things I want to chat about there, too, is um, he tweeted out Sunday that, quote, As an immigrant and a citizen, my dad cared deeply about this country. Once he was speaking at a campus protest against Reagan's accommodation of apartheid, a passing student noticed dad's brown skin and unique accent and called out, go home. He answered, I am home, end quote. This tweet has brought up some um, feelings Mm -hmm. from black people, especially, even some of our black delegates here in the Commonwealth, about Pete claiming that his father is now of color a person of color he is brown and coming from somebody that has a zero polling (laughs) with black people right now mayor pete might be appearing that he's starting to uh really cultivate a certain audience with people of color brown people i don't know i i don't i have definite feelings about this Mm -hmm. but as far as somebody claiming to be a, a Person of color, I—that is not mine to judge.
1: I read that Look. and I was like, "The sun doesn't make you melanated."
0: <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this is—I need white people to say this. That's the truth about it. Is that you know, I, I race is a social construct anyway. So, but but legit my man like this is this goes back to the idea like Jewish white people you are not of color yes you are in a different type of marginalized community but when it comes to one of race like looking at you and of your color here in this context and this quote is about being on a campus here in the United States so I'm talking about this place right our place in space in this country and what being a brown person a black person means I think Pete's going a little far on this one yeah I'm gonna agree with you on that. And and, you know a a few days prior that he put out the Douglas plan which is his equity plan um, and talks about how we really need to uh, dismantle the structures, I thought number one, whoa, you are super bold calling this the Douglas plan after Frederick Douglass. Again, someone that is polling at a 0% black people type of thing. So my response... He is getting known
1: more and more. I, I guess this is, I, I is
0: going to work. I don't know. but And it, it has a, a lot of great language. We will see about these health equity zones. I know, just being right here from our place, Richmond, Virginia, where we talk a lot about equity, that usually just means giving money to white people and white people decide where that equity money goes. Mm, what? I mean, ima- on that. imagine that, right? Yeah. So we've got um, millions of dollars of the culture of health that right here in Richmond um, Health Department that just got a whole bunch of equity money. Um, RMHF got lots of millions of dollars. They're talking about health equity money. Um, initiatives of Change got almost $2 million in racial equity money. So where in the world is all of this money going and who gets it, who controls it? And what are the outcomes of that? Because when white people start talking about, oh, we believe in equity, it still makes me shudder because equity would mean literally passing the resources to people of color that are in those communities and allowing them to have all of the decision making Mm -hmm. behind those monies
1: Oh, Lord, you really think the white man is going to get up off of money decision making? We are still in the Formal Capital Confederacy, right? I know, we are. Right?
0: So here we are, Mayor Pete coming out with an equity plan. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just saying I got questions. Coming all the way back home and speaking of equity, Daron Chavis, friend to the show, is hosting a farm to table fundraiser. And the city of Richmond decided to come in and charge them about $900 just to use the garden
1: which is their community garden right and it, and
0: literally Duran and a cohort of people have been out and tended to that garden, made it what it was, built it over up over the last few months. And so now that same community that built it up went to try and use that space to have a community and also raise funds to do more of this good work. And the city said, oh, well, you're charging, so we going to charge you $900. Now, this got $900. It's insane. Insane. So it was a 20-person event at $50 a person. They would have literally made $75 after paying the city for this fundraiser. Twitter got a handle of it and that means that people started calling emailing and there was an update that came out on july 14th drawn chavis's um twitter at brother manifest update that the city agreed to waive the fees for the community gardens events that it used to support the community gardens as long as we send them an email notifying them of what we're doing in advance because you know what we need permission Always. Always. Gotta need permission <laughs> to be
1: in your own space.
0: <laughs> the space we built up. But you know what? That's And that's that's our theme, right, here in the Formal mm-hmm. Catholic Confederacy, is that we have to ask for permission to continue to liberate ourselves and build up our communities. I love this tweet thread that Duran did, though, because he, he gives a major shout out and thanks to everyone who tweeted, called, and emailed. And um, apparently it said that the city park staff did mention that he hoped that he would tweet something positive.
1: positive? <laughs> so, I saw that and I was like, all right. So
0: Deron Chavis is my hero because right? the next tweet says positive city tweet colon. <laughs> <laughs> the meeting to address community garden or- organizers doing events at community gardens was perhaps the easiest meeting I've ever had. I was low key flabbergasted. They thanked us for the work and we're happy to work out a solution and quote. So I, again, I, I just, this is a very very interesting model of how things happen mm-hmm. um, here in the community and why these voices matter so and stop telling me that twitter doesn't matter Right, that's where all of that started right they even mentioned something about twitter like that the fact that they even asked something i hope you tweet something positive means is this twitter twitter community this digital community is a force
1: oh yeah the richmond digital community is so strong yep it yep. really is so kudos to duran and everybody else who supported him in this because $900 Come to be on. in your own space that you built up for your people? Forget it. But we about equity, though, Melissa. <laughs> equity. <laughs> equity!
0: Last week, they had a special session on guns here in the Commonwealth. And it lasted for, what, like 45 minutes. And the Republicans were like, we don't know what we're doing. Nah, we just going to adjourn this whole bad boy until after the November elections.
1: Yep, because they do what they want.
0: They do what they want. So there's that story is all over the news. The story I do want to talk about is that um, Senator McClellan invited a group from the Boys and Girls Club to participate and to be recognized in the Senate and the House. Well, while in the Senate, you all know the tradition of standing up, Pledge of Allegiance. Well, one of the young men in the group decided to not stand up, and the trooper that was monitoring the space decided to go up, tap him on the shoulder, and even slightly pull his shirt up to encourage him and force him to stand up during the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, what they did not realize is that this was the son of advocate Monica Hutchinson, who was actually the organizer that worked with the senator's office to bring the Boys and Girls Club there, right? So there was a uh, lovely ally in the audience that tweeted out watching this entire experience go down. So I was actually doing the thing on Twitter and I was like, Monica, do you know, was this one of our kids? Because I was there at the GA helping organize y'all. It was a mess, but it was great. It was amazing experience for all the students. But I was like, who was this one of our kids? And she goes, girl, that was my son. Oh, And so it it turned into now it's all over the the chats, the the medias. But because Senator McClellan is amazing, she actually reached out to Monica and the family set up an entire meeting with the trooper, the chief, and they sat down to really talk about one, our students rights and how Mm -hmm. inappropriate that was. But I will really encourage people to go and read that story. I think it's on Blue Virginia. There's a lot of different news sources that have Monica's quotes out there after the meeting. But what I think, it's really important to notice is that the trooper stated that she was not used to people not listening to her authority, mm-hmm. right? So she she wasn't used to that type of challenge, and that's what I really want to put in everyone's mind is that this law enforcement, once you get into that that culture, you have a mind frame that you're not supposed to be challenged,
1: right? That you're not a civilian, right? that you're some sort of higher being, yeah. you are our employees. Hello. The
0: the authority that you've now taken on has created a system of fear mm. and hierarchy that's not okay and actually quite opposite, that's keeping that the entire session of special session was there for, it's really trying to take our power back. But I, I wanna challenge everyone when we're thinking about authority and law enforcement, why it's so important right now to understand the culture that we have to shift in our Central Virginia law enforcement and again, all, I'm just going to put out there all the work that's going on with Richmond um, Accountability Project and them making calls and asking people to come out July 23rd at noon to really hear about the Public Safety Committee here in Richmond. There are just places to to be involved. If that kind of stuff gets you excited or you feel passionate about that here in the city, you can do that and to get involved. Finally, my last word I, I want to talk about in the news that happened here in the Central Commonwealth last week was former Governor Wilder. It was Found in the investigation that he absolutely did kiss that young girl on the mouth. Mm. Un- unwanted. Without consent. Duh. So I just want... No one else is really talking about this in the news. I don't see this on my Twitter feed. I don't see this on you know, on my timeline. Why not, y'all? Because it's Black women. Because Black women, there you go, are are the survivors of this. Because Black women are the ones that are impacted by this. Because Black staffers are the ones impacted by this. Because Black constituents are. And because we've got the Black male patriarchy BS and power in politics. Right now, we're still pushing through for Black women voices to be heard, to be taken charge in that political space. And that's why it's not all over the news. That's why we still have Justin Fairfax running around here talking about he gonna run. Because we are not speaking out on what's happening to so many of those who are getting hit first and worst, which is our black women right here in these political spaces. So I, I, I'm really encouraging everybody to just think about their role with this, right? And luckily, this weekend you have plenty of options to get involved and support these different communities because because this weekend is Black Pride RVA. Yes, and we've got a. Sp- Special interview with some folks from Black Pride coming right up. So stay tuned. Welcome, welcome. I have got the celebrities here of Black Pride RVA. I mean, I am here with an amazing panel. Why don't we go around and you all introduce yourselves starting at this end. Uh, cheesy, I'm the uh, CFO
2: for Black Pride. Thanks for being here, Cheesy. Hey, this is Lisette, known as Revan L, co-founder of Black Pride and the 2019 chairperson of the planning committee. Nice. Friend to the show, Lissette is back. Thanks so much for
0: being here.
3: Hi, everybody. This is Larry Williams and I'm a part of the planning committee
0: yay larry and testosterone
3: hey i'm natasha crosby and i'm a part of the planning committee
0: yes yes hey natasha thank you so much for being here everybody i have been following you all for a while and not just watching the events what you do but seeing on social media the different spaces and gatherings that you all provide and just the spaces that you're taking up just in the last what year year and how long have you guys really even been here uh actually we started
4: back in 2016
2: Oh yeah, my goodness, yes. Tell us a little bit of how you all started. Black Ride RVA is a act of resistance to uh, no longer being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. And it was spurred by a conversation that happened after the pulse vigil that took place here in Richmond in June, June or July of 2016. And I, Lisette Revenel, convened six individuals who are commonly understood and ascribed leaders within the black LGBTQ community and within the LGBTQ community at, at large. brought them to dinner because you know food is my value and you can't really organize without no food, really. Um, And potential other beverages Uh, And so the question essentially was We can choose to stay mad And I don't have a problem with that We can be mad and complain Or we can do something And the collective decided to do something And part of that something was To respond to what we had all In our various circles of influence Had heard black and POC folks Wanting a black pride Mm. Uh, And so that's how it came to be And um, we formed as UGRC in September we or- Uh, 2016. And so for those listening, Black Pride RVA is a program of us giving Richmond Connections, Mm. which is UGRC. And our mission is to improve the health and wellness of Black LGBTQ persons in the greater Richmond area. Do you guys have a website? Our website is under blackpriderva.com and we hope to this year be expanding our UGRC footprint. When we talk about how we came into being, it was really in response to community need. It was in response to no longer wanting to feel overlooked and left out. Mm-hmm. People knew who we are. They knew who to call. They know all of us. And so from there, we started the the work of doing Virginia's first ever Black Pride that we did in 2018, which nice. was a huge success.
0: Us giving Richmond Connections, that even that name really does send a message of what the purpose of this collective. And I love that you all use the word collective. It, it started from this collective and now... Now it's not just a committee, it seems to be a community that you all have built. How did you all individually join the the team? I'm looking over
4: at Cheesy. All right, so <laughs> I'm one of the people that Lissette brought to the table, and um, I am a co-founder. It was a heartfelt conversation. And to start out with six people, and then we ended up with three, which is uh, Zakia, Jamassieh, Lissette, and myself. And we just talked, and we, uh, we talked, we cried, we prayed. Mm. And um, we got a little angry with each other. Yes, we did. We had that conversation as to what it would look like and uh, how people would respond to what we were trying to do. But inside, we knew we had to do the work. And what were some of the
0: things that you all thought the responses, right, that that you might be hearing? Because starting a black pride, right, anything black starting, you know, is going to bring some talks in the town, especially in the former capital of the Confederacy. Right. But what else comes with the intersection of building something
4: like black pride? So speaking on. Uh, about that in all actuality that was the first thing we heard why are you having a black pride why yep Why do you need a black this or a black that? Why can't Mm -hmm. we all just come together? But it wasn't a separation. Mm -hmm. It was a need for us. Because if you're not always being asked to come to the table, sometimes you have to create your own space. Not just sometimes. Yeah. And so that's what we did. We created space for us and other POCs. And we are all inclusive. Everything that we do, we do it with everyone in mind.
0: Right. And that's really the important thing and something that we talk about a lot here on Race Capital. If we're talking about the intersexual continuum of things and a hierarchy of human value is that. If you are working with POC, especially in the queer community, then that moves upstream, right? Privilege and access moves upstream. And so if you're starting with white men and at the top of the human hierarchy, we're never going to see it. So really collecting, it's all going to reach us eventually. So that idea in mind of working with a platform that comes from that lens is so important for people to keep in mind. So it's amazing that you all have kind of created that. Leary, I'm going to turn and look at you. How did you get involved?
3: Lissette came to me one day and was like, I need an
0: assistant. <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> Say it.
3: And me being new to Richmond... Mm-hmm. Um, Back then I was looking for something different. I was looking for something that wasn't, that was outside of my comfort zone. I wanted to connect with my people. Mm. I wanted to feel at home. And I said, I'm not doing anything. Sure, let's let's just (laughs) chat. And I remember the first thing I asked her was, what is your intention? Um, That was important because I didn't want to do something just to do it. I didn't want to be a part of a group just to be a part of a group. And where are you from, Larry? I'm from originally from Anchorage, Alaska. Okay, Anchorage, Alaska. My mom's in the military. Move uh, all around, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So when we had the conversation, it was great because she really opened my eyes to what it really means to be a person of color. Mm-hmm. Um, she opened my eyes to why it's important uh, to stand up for yourself, your values, and your blackness. Um, so we talked about what pride would be. We talked about what it would look like. We talked about what we could hope it would be. From there, we just hit the ground running. This is history. Now. <laughs>
0: it really is. It really is some history making, y'all are doing. Natasha, welcome. How did you join this crazy crew? So I came to a um, a third Thursday. Uh,
5: me and my wife, we just came to hang out and kind of uh, meet people in the community. When I showed up, I really enjoyed the space and the people who were there, and, and just kept coming. Yeah, I just kept coming. So
0: how long have you been at the table here with Black Pride RVA? I would say since the beginning of this year. Okay. So you mentioned Third Thursdays. What is that?
3: Third Thursdays is um, basically like social interaction. Mm-hmm. We wanted to create a space where people of color could come together because we know in Richmond, if you want to hang out, you've got maybe two options mm-hmm. Godfreys and barcode and there's no lounge in between there so we wanted to give a space where people felt comfortable that they could come people who look like them and are of the same mind and want a space that's safe and a space that they could be themselves right. and we wanted it to be centered around social interaction because that's how you bring people together yeah that's how you build relationships that's how you partner that's how you grow businesses that's how you you know that's how you become an entrepreneur so we were all hanging out we just said let's start doing an on the third Thursday.
0: And I love that you you all are putting that emphasis on the social piece of it. Lissette mentioned earlier, food and drink, right? And I talk about different hierarchies of things and privilege and access, and white people are taught how to network, right? Whether they know it or not, these engagements, these setups, these teas, these fraternity meet out things, all they're doing is grooming each other to socialize in this way to learn and talk business. And that's just not things that people of color get or do or even understand. So when we go to a lot of these meetings, we don't get that. So what you're doing right now is just bringing all it takes is just bringing people together, which is, again, why I tell you, watch out when they're trying to separate us and disperse us, because when we come together, imagine what we can do. And when we have that joy of social inter- interactions, imagine what we can do and think of. So I love the idea of Third Thursdays. And do you all just kind of uh, bounce around Richmond? How does that work?
3: Yeah, we try to pick places that are obviously black or have someone who runs a business POC. But if not, we'll find a space. And we'll we'll uh, we'll hang out. We'll take
0: up, up some space. We'll we'll, we'll take over.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know, we'll, right. we'll make our presence known. I think, cause at the end of the day, people number one they don't see you, so they don't even know that you're there. Right. And I think at least being in the space gives them the option to see. Yeah. Some people want to ignore us, so showing up yeah. at least shows that we we can make a presence. And we're Yikes. in Richmond, you know. All spaces are
5: black spaces. So. <laughs>
0: I'm going to say it. We're going to take over. Yeah. This is um, the second official year of the Black Pride RVA events, correct? And you all had a theme. So what is this year's theme?
4: So this year's theme is community matters. Okay. Someone help me explain
0: why community matters in this context of blackness, queerness, prideness, Richmond, virginia is.
5: Community matters is the, the theme this year, because it's important for uh, black people as a whole, but LGBTQ black people to know that one, there's community here for you in Richmond, because that's, you know, like Larry was saying, that's hard to find um, out here. So we want to let everybody know, hey, we're here, mm-hmm. one, and and that we're a resource for you. Mm-hmm. you know we want we want to reach out to you you want we want you to reach back out to us and fill this community yeah you know, be a part of it
0: yeah so what about white people are they like man i really like because there are a lot of liberal want to do well intentioned white people and they're and they don't know what to do when something's called black and like is this for me do i go how do i support what are your answers to all of all of that when a white prince like can i
2: come i have this great story i just was telling somebody this last night we were at a We had a booth at Virginia Pride last year, and we had this white woman come up to us and ask, I mean, you know, I just I just want to be able to be like, you know, I don't want to take up space. So, you know, like, what can I do? Like, can I come? You know, like, how can I? And I was just like, okay, give us some money. And her face was like, like went flat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And question. so after that, like shock wore off, I was like, "Come on, like we just because we're called Black Pride RVA, it's for everybody. It's community. Right. So come be yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Come hang out. It's a it's a party with a purpose. So now we'll still take your money. Hello. Right. Uh, we can talk a little equity. PayPal is ugrcrva at gmail dot com. Cash app is dollar sign U G R C in the event that a listener would like to donate to the cause. So,
0: <laughs> we ain't we... said an Instagram <laughs> handle, a Facebook, a website yet, but you know the PayPal and the Cash app. Okay. Uh, I, uh, listen. listen. <laughs> so I think one
2: I of the things that at all <laughs> I think the thing about it is like helping folks to overcome the southern cultural stigma mm. of quote unquote race mixing right so as soon as black people assert ourselves in the minds of whiteness like in the white supremacist mind and this is not to call white people racist that's not what I'm saying right but in the systemic white supremacist mind to, to assert our blackness is to to them to say we're dividing and separating ourselves, and that is not true. Mm. So when I tell that story about Virginia Pride, because I'm like, we're at Virginia Pride as Black oh my- Pride RVA, like clearly everybody is welcome, right? You know, and one of the things that I know I get weary of is having to reaffirm or re um, remind or like really just kind of gently take care of white fragility that. Mm-hmm shows up as like oh I don't but if I come should I take up a lot of space and I don't want to like listen when you look historically in any black community anywhere anytime that somebody that wasn't black showed up we took care of them right you came in you got a plate Mm. you got a glass of water Mm -hmm. we you know like we always that's historical fact right it's cultural It's cultural. Yeah, right, yeah. it just fits into our
0: mindset of village care, of what do you need? And it, and it is, that food, that nourishment, that giving, coming from the earth, right? That is part of our gift to to give people why I love being in black homes. And something you said made me want to pull up this tweet that I was looking at and I needed to poster on my wall and on my like background of all things. I need to repeat it 100 times. And it says, how much of your racial justice work is explaining things to white people Versus liberating marginalized folks from thinking they must explain things to white people. Yeah. Every day, all day. Girl, I sat there and I just, I just, I was like, I need to let this sink in because so much of my energy, you know, and and, and that's just wasted. So I, I understand the work must be done. Half of my family is white folks, right? I'm never going to escape this. This is why I understand part of my work is this, and I try and be comfortable having these conversations when I get paid for it. So it's these moments where we have to explain it to you. Just show up, just like we show up and support, because we come in your spaces all the time, and and you expect us to be there, and then question why we ain't there. We don't show up, right? And like, where? why can't we get black people come
2: and I just want to say I, I also want to point out like the double entendre to our theme this year okay because part of this is like this is a community matter like why when we assert ourselves it becomes this thing of exclusion that's a matter right like so that tweet brings home everything Natasha said and the story that I just told because the what matters in our community is that we are all seen yeah. And that is a matter that, particularly in Richmond's LGBTQ community, we've been having iterations of conversations about race. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I have recently, as a co-founder, been feeling like proud about our existence. Yeah, really being a form of resistance and reminder to the broader community that this is still a community matter and we matter, and that's gotta that's gotta translate. I don't think I could be around this one all day. I would say that
0: every time I'm around the set, it's like, yo, you you Ravenel, Um. But really, though, the idea that this is a community matter, right, that this is now a concern, this is a talking piece. This is something of why community outside of just an event, right? This isn't just about an event. This is about you all being seen. And by the way, you have to show up to see us. But it's also about bringing this community matter to attention. And so what do you all want people to walk away feeling like? And what are some of the events that people can really look forward to during Black Pride? And make sure you shout out those dates, too.
4: So... um, The dates are July the 18th through July 21st. All right, so this weekend. Okay, so one of the things we want them to realize even though we're going to party and have a good time, but we are also a community that provides resources and education. Health and Wellness. We are providing nine classes of education. Oh, okay. On the day of purpose on July the 20th.
0: Nice. And what type of classes? And and first of all, what what made you all... That's not... When I think about pride events or things that people are even thinking to put in their mind to do for weekends of Pride. Why the classes? Why not just a party celebration, fun clothes? I think it's important to
5: educate people, especially our people. You mm-hmm. know, And we're not, like you said, we're not taught to network. We're not taught to really do much of anything other than you know, get a job and work. Survive. Just survive, you know. <laughs> right? And so to, to be able to provide those resources where people can educate themselves on other ways of living mm-hmm. to better themselves is, is valuable and, mm-hmm. and purposeful.
0: And let's be honest, um, the education they've been feeding us from all sorts of lenses ain't always been about us, no, accurate or healthy for us, right? So educating ourselves and our own people has always been important. Just It's not just the education of a hierarchy, but sharing knowledge, right? So in bringing other people to the table of what else they can give and show us and and expand our own minds right because this table just gets bigger and bigger what about uh Hetero people, straight people are like, I'm not black, I'm not queer. Is this, you know, like, what are you, what are you saying about, not just about the event, but about why community, this is a community matter to them as well?
4: So the event is open to any and everybody. Right. Regardless of race, sex.
0: I'm being real extra, but I want to make the point real clear. a <laughs> <So> thing. <thanks.
4: laughs> regardless. Right. So we have use we have youth space. Uh, we have space for black folks, white folks, Asian, it doesn't matter. There's something for everyone. Education is definitely an important piece. We have a lot of vendors, educational vendors, information. Uh, we have finances, how to buy a house. Uh, we have, we
2: even have education classes for the youth. Awesome. Awesome. And I just want to point out that allies are important to the community. That's a matter, particularly because in the black community, religion is often the thread that divides not only one another, but it divides our families. I don't know if we have time here. Not today. (laughs) There are families who have LGBTQ parents, children, extend aunties uncles grandmamas i mean so when we talk about that we're we're straight folks to come because you know right we're all in community right we're all family right we're all so you know my my people you know all of my my folks aren't um, queer in any kind, you know. right? And some of them are, some of them not. So right. I think it, it does need to be explicitly said that when we assert, again, our identities, it is not to the exclusion, but it is for the celebration. Mm-hmm. And that is even true for our LGBTQ identities. Right. Straight folks could come. We all got straight friends. Like, you know, you hate to say that in a pejorative way, right. you know, because you don't mean it that way. But it's, it is that kind of, like, that sounds stupid. It sounds stupid for me to say I got straight friends. That's dumb, right? right? But it also but. sounds stupid for people to keep asking. And like
0: for, if I can come or if it's OK and why we have to it, have to keep explaining this. It's exactly. exhausting. I just want to also point out the work that's happening and give a bigger picture of you all as humans. Right. Because no one does Black Pride RVA for full time. Right. This work is multifaceted and you all hold down different lives. So I would love to hear a little bit about what else you all do in the community and kind of shout
4: out your other causes or things. Who wants to go first? So I'll start. Yes. So I um, I hold down a night job. Okay. I own a my own business. What business is that? I own RVA Clippers. Okay. W- which you are a client. I am. <laughs> and so RVA Clippers. All right. And I also have another nonprofit called Women of Essence. Mm-hmm. And um, we provide services for women of color that are affected by HIV, AIDS, breast cancer, and domestic violence. Wow. Wow.
0: Holding it down. Look at all the work. Okay. All
4: right. Who's up next?
5: People Uh, of excellence. I am uh Natasha Crosby. I'm a realtor. So mm. I help people buy and sell homes. I'm also
0: Where can they find you on your Realty gig? At Natasha Crosby Sells R V A. Nice. All, All right. platforms.
5: All right. And I'm also a part of the LGBTQ chamber.
0: Okay. As well as Side by Side. Nice, nice. Congrats on Side by Side Board member. I saw that announcement. All right, Larry?
3: I'm um, I'm just here in the community. <laughs> <laughs> I um I'm just uh Working with Black Pride RVA, mm-hmm. um, I'll continue to do so. Uh, I just live and breathe in the city and be black. And be black. I that's um, yeah. But I, I oh, I, I do attend Restoration Fellowship as well. All right. And um, I am. I will say that I am will and always be the representation of all these people at the table right. and the planning committee. Um, so if I don't show up any other way, that's how I show up.
2: Amen. That's right. And Larry's minimizing because Larry is the oh, coordinator really? of Third Thursdays. <laughs> okay, so that means like where are we going? <laughs> right, Who getting the flight? Like, right. I just want folks to understand that community events don't just happen out of the blue. Lord have, they have mercy. They do not. We do not think them up in our heads and then they just <laughs> magically happen. <laughs> it requires researching. It requires coordinating. It requires you know marketing it it requires somebody that's like following up with people yes and that's what larry does so he's our third thursday coordinator too i just need to point that out he is real humble and yep. i i appreciate that about mm-hmm. him but that's but not that's not the time for it's that not the time that's time for not that. holding down operations of yes. third
0: thursdays yes. larry yes people can follow you or are you interested in that you don't
3: have you to can follow me on instagram at abebe
0: Okay. People might know a little bit about Side by Side man. might know other platforms, but they are obviously super white platforms.
2: Yeah, we want to make sure that we highlight and shout out Side by Side, who is this year's sponsor of all of our youth activities. Nice. So for folks who got um, youth that are ages 14 to 20, come out to our Youth Pride Dance. That's on Thursday, July 18th, starts at 730. It is free, mm. as in free and don't pay no money. And there will be food and beverages and entertainment and lots of adult chaperones. Okay. So we want to make sure that we shout that out. And we did that in partnership with Six Pick. Nice. Right. Which is Six Points Innovation Center. Um, and they are amazing working with youth in the community. And this is where I like to highlight the community matters because the youth that go to Six Pick are also LGBTQ youth. So right. we know the work of Side by Side is amazing and they're working with LGBTQ youth. And they're are Black LGBTQ youth and uh, youth of color mm-hmm. that um, are also in other spaces like right. Art 180, you know, while also being connected to Side by Side, right? Right. Um, and at Six Pick and all the amazing work that they're doing. So just want to point that out from like a youth perspective. And we as UGRC um, are hoping to be able to get to a point where we can provide more support to specifically Black and POC parents of LGBTQ youth. Because there is a gap in support for that targeted population, And yeah. right? We often forget that our young people are coming out so much earlier, right? And they're like, "We here," and parents are sitting in corners, like, "Ooh, what do I do?" So we, particularly from a um, you know a racial ethnic lens of sensitivity, need to be looking at how are we providing those supports. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's important to raise, um, and why we are so excited about having the Youth Pride Dance be a space where black parents can drop off their youth yep. at a space where black youth are consistently supported and see themselves and see people that look like them. And we're grateful for this uh, partnership with Side by Side to be able to provide the funding, mm. you know, and yep. the to, make it, and to make it free and accessible, free and accessible. Yep. And the leadership of Six Pick to, you know, also yep. make it free and accessible. Yep. Shout out Jackie Washington. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Kim Gomez. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, And that
0: pipeline that you're mentioning, right, with black youth is so important, whether it's on educating or just creating that space so that they can also see that their community matters and that there is a community for them. And, you know, we're talking a lot about suicide and black youth suicide that's all over the news. And that's just something that I I even was touched with when I was younger. And so having these spaces and being seen is something that can provide that hope and that persistence, right? Right, it's you all's being and existing it just as you said a matter of resistance earlier, and I was just also think of, of persistence, right? Of can continue and to resilience, go, resilience, yeah. yeah, and that resilience. So it's important, and I always talk about intersectionality, but what you all are doing in the South is so important, and to highlight why, because when we're talking about advocacy, a lot of times, and then, and when I think in a very political mind at, at most, sometimes they talk about issue based things. So you either black stuff or or queer stuff or housing stuff or drug stuff. It's like we silo all the stuff and we don't ever talk about it together. So what you're doing right now is so important for people to have to think about, about what's going on.
2: Yeah, And I just want to also, you talked about HIV. I want to highlight Nations Foundation too, right? And as um, Cheesy mentioned, Zakia McKenzie, who is a co-founder of UGRC, you know, and the um, executive director and founder of Nations Foundation. Yeah. that has the only mobile testing unit in the Commonwealth of Virginia that is doing uh, grassroots kind of testing with right. communities that uh, departments of health are not reaching. Right. So when we think about the ways that HIV um, pandemic impacts Black LGBTQ organizations, we also have to realize that the way to address that is not only coming together in community, but really spotlighting and highlighting the folks that are on the ground, you know, doing um, multi-day events like Nations just did for yep. the National HIV Testing Day, you know, in communities like at the corner of Brook and Azalea. Hello. Hello, right? <laughs> um, uh, and that um, has a mobile testing unit that also has a mobile food pantry. Mm, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So Come on. People that get, intersection
0: again, so you're it, not just that health. It's a, it's a roundabout holistic thought. And Sakia's out here been doing this work for... For... Ever. Yeah. Right. right and so building
2: these pipelines and making these spaces. So here's the thing. We, the panel, the folks that were available for today, Mm -hmm. we are all allies Mm -hmm. to our sisters, brothers, and siblings, right? Our Black trans women who are being disproportionately killed. I believe we're at 11 or 12 just for 2019. We also have amazing activists and advocates that are right here in this city. Um, Your sister, Austin, that we love, um, Zakiya, Essence. And we know, right, that this work, uh, sometimes there is work that has to be done by the people for the people. Right. And, and as allies, um, I love for us as Black Pride RVA to always realize that our table is open because there's always going to be a perspective or a, li- a lived experience that some of us cannot adequately or accurately lean into. Mm-hmm. But when you know who to partner with, when you know who to allow to speak for themselves and not speak on on behalf of someone. So when you ask, when we think about how community matters, my role and our role as Black Pride RVA with our co-founder being a Black trans woman is to elevate the voices of Black trans women to bring awareness and reminder to all of us that they matter, that they're a part of our community and that we need to be able to say beyond just saying her name, Mm. We need to be addressing the systems that allow that to be in space, which is also why straight folks need to come to Pride Here, look because black trans women are being killed by straight black men who are threatened right by their masculinity because of conservative sex negative theologies that are perpetuated within black communities and therefore right so we're talking layered stuff Right, right. that partying with a purpose having education there it all kind of works together because none of us I think I can speak for Natasha and Larry and Cheesy and myself we would never none of us could feel comfortable talking about the the lives of a black trans woman the way that if Zakia was here or Essence was here or Austin was right, here right. but we as allies know what it means to stand in solidarity if we need to march we gonna march if we need to raise you know so that's what that's mm-hmm. what also I think we cannot forget within the LGBTQ community right particularly as black folks mm-hmm. is that this work and the history of black prides in this country came out of us coming together to protect us mm-hmm and to uplift us and to make sure that we are expanding the table for us. And sometimes that means modeling for other folks. Right. And sometimes that means we're learning and expanding as our own selves. But at the end of the day, when people come out to Black Pride RVA, July 18th to the 21st, right, Mm -hmm. uh, this weekend, Mm -hmm. they come to the paint night. They'll see Black Beautiful Bodies. Tickets are only $25. Go to BlackPrideRVA.com. Right. They drop their youth off at... the uh, Six Pick Youth Pride Dance We the Funk Okay, they come out Friday night to celebrate and we're gonna make a huge announcement of the Root Awards our inaugural Root Awards for amazing grassroots organizers and people doing the work and uh, then join us at Godfrey's afterwards to do a meet and greet with Miss Black Pride join us on Saturday for the Day of Purpose um, 10 to 4 and the after party 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. and Sunday we're going to church Mm. that's a whole nother show but we go to church oh, wow, and show. then we go into the park and we're going to tailgate at the park and it's byoe okay so for the listeners byoe means bring your own everything <laughs> we have reserved shelters
3: Whole chair water cups soda ice i can continue bring go it. ahead operations larry please bring it by
2: mm-hmm.
3: bring it by and show up for your community because community matters oof
0: Mm, That is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I cannot let you all leave without doing a segment of What's Your Privilege? What's Your Privilege is a segment of our show where we ask our guests to identify a privilege that they wear in and out of this world and use it to help dismantle the myth of white supremacy. Who
2: wants to go first? So this is Reverend L and my privilege is education, political education cool. and liberative leaning education Okay, that provides me as a faith leader community activist, advocate, whatever labels you put on me. Just as a black woman, bisexual identified, Baptist ordained in this world, making a difference and committed to the collective liberation and safety of my people. And when I say my people, I do mean black people. That education is foundational to that because you you cannot pull from a well that's dry. Mm. And I realize that I do have the privilege to not only have two master's degrees, but to be in a doctoral program. Right now, so that I can not only gain that knowledge, but then begin to create tools right. from that knowledge to help others.
5: Thank you for using your privilege in such a manner. So my um, my privilege would be access. I'm able to move in and out of spaces without without hesitation and really without any pushback. So I try to use that just to be, one, to be seen, you know, not a lot of people walk around. Well, there's plenty of people walk around looking like me, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people who look like me are in those spaces. hmm And so I try to be seen one and then I try to be heard. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a big mouth when I want to. I I try to bring forth that that conversation of what what equality looks like, what equity looks like and how that how that breaks down to everyday people.
0: And when you say these spaces, can you name one or two spaces that you may go and take up some space that aren't a lot of people that look like you? I mean, I'm in real estate. Exactly.
1: Yes. You know, it's.
5: If I, you know, I could go into, um, what, Brook and Azalea, I can be over there. And that's, uh, I guess, would be more, people would think would be more familiar. Right. But then I can also go and sit inside the governor's mansion and put my tie on and have some champagne and have a good time. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. And when you're in those spaces, using one, just your existence is a, a piece of resistance. Right. Just being in those spaces is, is showing that we matter. And that's part of using your privilege in there is showing up and disrupting even the space.
3: Um, I think my privilege is male youth um, being able to see things without worrying about having a grounded perspective on tradition and looking at how I can change the ideologies for someone else mm-hmm. and understanding that my foundation looks different than yours because of age, but I can also teach you and you can teach me mm-hmm. and bridging the gap, though that way I'm not just talking at you, I'm talking to you. It's a it's a conversation. I think that's my, my privilege.
4: Yeah,
0: I love that you've really switched the hierarchy of a youth uh, relationship, and that's important, right?
3: That's because of the Black Pride RVA team and the co-founders of the founder. <laughs> uh, they have real. I mean, honestly, they have really taught me a lot about what it means to live and breathe and be young, but also what it looks like to be of age and to have some wisdom. Because I don't have all the wisdom in the world, but it's it's good to have mentors and, mm-hmm. and friends and family that you can rely on to see where you want to be, I mm-hmm. think. Um, it, it feels good, but it also keeps me in check of like, I am young. Um, and I can only change the world one person at a time, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. 10 people at a time, you know, mm-hmm. so that's really cool.
0: And it's really cool too, that you just identify as black youth as a privilege. Most people in a black youth, those two words come up in their mind. It's, it's a different type of uh, taboo stigma that's been ingrained in our society. So for you to identify that as a privilege is beautiful.
4: So, so I think for me, I feel like that um, I'm an owner of my own business. Um, I'm an educator. I'm a minister. I have my own nonprofit. <laughs> False. I have a barbershop, so I have opened that space to community. I have made it diverse. I am one of the few LGBTQ women who have their own space that I can open up to to anybody, and I have created space, a diverse space for men, women, everybody. And I think that it has become it has become a space that people just drop in and say. Can you give me a dollar or can you just cut my hair or have somebody cut my hair? Uh, do you have a shirt that I can get today? Wow. Or, and we do, we do so much. And and when we say community matters, we have back to school drives. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that wants to use my space, I have a classroom. They can come in and say, hey, Cheesy, can we just use your space for an hour? Mm-hmm. It's no charge.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: It's just, I'm just there. Right, and I tell Lissette all the time: if I could make my job full time just doing community work and not need my paycheck to survive, that's what I would do. Right, because my shop is open to everyone; it's not just a business; it's a community space for everybody. And I think that's that warms my heart because being the senior person of Black Pride, and I am truly the senior person by more than thirty years. It it's it's um it's been wonderful. I kind of feel like the mom. Mm -hmm. because I say these are my boys, these are my girls, and, and, you know, and they kind of put up with me because I'm kind of old-fashioned, like, and (laughs) I don't always know the right words to say, but, I mean, we've grown together. We're like a family, Mm -hmm. and, um,
2: this is good. Stay tuned, it's tuned for uh, kickbacks at the barbershop.
4: Yeah, yes. no. And I mean, just identifying
0: your your space as and to be able to give access as your privilege. Right. Like that's not something you hear white people identifying as their privilege. Right. But that is what it looks like to people of color when experiences have brought us to a certain place. Right. And the idea of built environment in a physical space is so important for queer POCs here in the formal capital confession. So the fact that you own your own, you have your own, it's open up and people can come and feel comfortable enough to just ask. And that is something that keeps you going. And just for all of everyone that's listening to on a personal note, you know, Cheesy is not just my barber. She's opened up so much for me and the community ideas and craziness that I have, including our, our yearbook project that we just had that we all brought the fellows in and have. And when I need something, I know I'm I'm just like one of those people that come on in and say, hey, can I? Will you please? And um, they just keep saying yes. So I am also just thankful for this space and this access. I'm thankful for you all coming in today and sharing space with me and my listeners at Raise Capital. Please know you are always invited back. Lisette is already here on her second time, but we are family here at WR. I including the day we have Miss Melissa from Municipal Mania. Hi, y'all. She's uh, been here stepping in for CATA. She handles some family business. So we are truly just, we make it work. We come together. So um, one more time, somebody shout out how people can follow Black Pride RVA. It starts tomorrow, y'all. Someone take us on out.
3: Sure. Black Pride starts tomorrow, July 18th of 2019. We'll be at the youth space at 6 pick, 730 to 1030. And then we'll be having uh, an exotic paint night hmm. with some exotic models and that mm-hmm. will be
0: grown
3: and that will be at studio two three. Yes. And that will be two showings, one at six thirty and one at nine thirty. Mm. And then on Friday you can uh come in hang out with us for our reception, mm-hmm. we'll be offering and providing a, the Root Award, mm-hmm. uh, which we're very excited about. That will be that will be at Urban Hang Suites, and then we'll be heading over to Godfrey's for our meet and meet and greet with Miss Black Pride, and then we'll party the night away at Godfrey's. And then on Saturday is our big health and wellness fair, which will be at Diversity Richmond, mm-hmm. and that day will of be the Day of Purpose. And that will be from 10 to 4, mm-hmm. and then that evening you can meet us again at Diversity Richmond. Mm-hmm. We'll be having our kickback party. Come and hang out. Mm -hmm. And we'll be at church on Sunday at Mount Vernon. And then we'll be at the Pride in the Park at Bryan Park. Bring your own everything.
0: Everything, everything. Everything. And where can they find you online? At Black
3: Pride
2: RVA. At Black Pride RVA, at everything, y'all. Follow and support all the platforms at Uh, Black Pride (laughs) RVA.
3: If you even have a Thank question, you. you can email Ooh, us go at, at gmail
0: Y'all got it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Thank Chelsea. You. See Thank y'all you, later. Chelsea. I always love being in spaces with the Black Pride RVA crew. That was fantastic. It was. And my biggest takeaways were that you don't need to be Black or queer to come out and represent. Nope. (laughs) Um, We show up for Pride all the time. So this is Black Pride. How y'all going to show up? That we're in community. This is not just about an event. It's like the holistic, our health experiences, our access to transportation, our access to shelter. We've got to be thinking about those that intersect with not just black and queerness, but you know, it it goes beyond this weekend y'all. And finally, it's just what does our RVA look like now? Right. And realizing that these black spaces are being created for celebration and moving forward in our place and space in Richmond, Virginia, how are we going to continue to celebrate this even after black pride is over? I look forward to hearing all of that from everybody and you all showing up and I'll see y'all this weekend.